Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. When most people think of a paranormal experience, their mind jumps instantly to the humanoid ghost. These experiences today, however, have a distinctly inhuman feel to them. The Entity in the Room For some background, I grew up in a religious household, which means my family believes in the supernatural, spirits, angels, God, the devil, we believe it. My parents have told me stories, and I have my own stories with dealing with the supernatural growing up. I could see things when I was young, and as I grew up, every now and then, I would see something in the house. I also have stories of sleep paralysis, astral projection, and lucid dreaming. This past Christmas, my then fiancé bought me a huge panda bear that was almost as tall as me. I loved it and slept with it in my bed. After we got married and I moved into his apartment, there wasn't much room for the panda, so we placed it into the storage closet. Now, what happened last Thursday is something that has not happened to me in over a decade. After moving in, I kept feeling weird sleeping in the bedroom, especially when by myself. I always got that strong sensation that something or someone is watching me. I just brushed it off because I figured the feeling was being in a new place. On this night, I was lucid dreaming, which is normal. My husband woke up out of the blue and saw me shaking, as if I was having a seizure. He was going to call 911. When I woke up, sat upright and gasped. I could see a white hooded figure standing over him on the right side of the bed, peeking at us. My heart is bursting out of my chest. It's been a long time since I've seen an entity. He asked what was wrong, and I said that there's something looking at us. He turns to look in front of our bed, where the TV stand is, and he says that it's sitting on the table. Immediately, he grabbed me, and we began to pray in Jesus' name to rebuke whatever spirit it was. It went away, though neither of us could sleep for the rest of the night. We stayed up discussing what he saw and what I saw. While I saw a white hooded figure, my husband said that his was a black hooded figure crouching on the table. The next morning, he says, Do you think that the panda has something to do with it? Because I get an eerie feeling walking past it. I tell him I feel the same way whenever I look at it, too. Even our dog barks at it and tries to attack it. We contemplated the whole day on whether or not we should throw it out. The following day he goes to work and I'm alone with my dogs. I decide to cleanse the house using the anointing oil my parents gave me and pray. Every time I walk past the closet with the panda and say Jesus, my whole body would get cold and I would have shivers with goosebumps all over. I called my husband and told him what happened, and when he came home, he threw the panda out. It feels a little better in the apartment, but my parents are supposed to be coming this week to do some more praying and cleansing. Hopefully, 
they will get rid of whatever spirits are left. My father came over and prayed, and things were much better after that. For almost two weeks things have been calm. Our upstairs neighbour is a strange woman, who never leaves her house and hardly sleeps. I can hear her around 1am moving stuff and walking around every single night. I always get weird vibes from her. So anyway, when my husband first moved in, she gave us some groceries. Fast forward to a few days ago, and she gives us a chew toy and snacks for our dogs. Shortly afterwards, that feeling of being watched returned. And last night, I had just dozed off when I felt the bed shaking. I look at my husband, and he's shaking just as I was in the previous incident. I look over by our closed bedroom door, and this humanoid creature is crawling on the ceiling, trying to hide in the darkness of the corner. It was hard to make out, but I know it was a greyish dark colour and had some type of small horns. I didn't know what to do at this point. I'm not as spiritually strong as my parents, so just praying wouldn't be good enough. I turned on a song called Jesus, 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 and put it on low on repeat, and was able to fall back to sleep. I've long thought that this has had something to do with whatever my neighbour is into. Usually the same time she wakes in the early morning is when I get that eerie feeling of being watched. Goblinoid When my fiancé left his home to be with me seven states away, we lived in one of the rooms of the house that faced the front yard. It was because of this that we were able to witness most of this strange phenomena that keeps happening around my house. It's an experience I wasn't wholly aware of until my fiancé started bringing it up. I'd caught glimpses, little flashes of white in the window, that when I turned to do a double take, weren't there anymore. An odd shape, something I couldn't define, hanging around the windows or near the rose bush. Oftentimes I brushed it off as the white picket fence, though rarely did I see this light anywhere near it. Though, as my fiancé settled into the house and began to get accustomed to it, he often commented about seeing flashes of light from the corner of his eyes as well. Once, he could have sworn he saw a pale white face staring in through the window. It was always at night when this happened. One night, as we were coming into the house, my fiancé stopped abruptly and stared into the dark lawn. I stopped, confused, and asked what was wrong. He pointed towards the rose bush, claiming he'd seen, for one brief second, a small humanoid figure there, watching us, clinging to the crisscrossed wooden screen. He'd been pure white, according to my fiancé, and didn't move. Just one solid pose, and a stare. Creeped out, we both moved inside the house. I didn't feel particularly threatened, just unnerved at the time. Sightings kept occurring now and then, over the past year and a half. We'd always see something move, a light, when no cars were on the road. Perhaps the faintest glimpse of a face-like shape in the window. Eventually, we moved to another room in the house, the largest one. This one can't see the front lawn, so when the sightings of this odd white figure abruptly stopped, due to our relocation, we started to forget about it. We brought some friends to the house as our new roommates, and they took both rooms that could easily see the front lawn. 
then, I saw something that made my blood run cold. One of the new roomies hadn't quite moved in yet, so the room was still totally empty. The door was open, the window was dark. I happened to look into the room, to the window. It was too dark to see the fence, and judging by the angles from the hallway, I wouldn't have been able to see it even on a bright sunny day. Just the house beyond it. So normally, this window was solidly black. Not this time. Perhaps I saw it for a nanosecond longer than usual, or it startled me so bad that the sudden burst of adrenaline let me take in more detail. But what I saw wasn't just a regular ovalesque assumption of a face. I saw a broad, round forehead, which tapered into a long, thin chin. I saw sunken in, hollow-looking eyes, dead black. I saw a long, thin nose, and an impossibly huge, toothy grin, the teeth of which I could barely see through the blackness. The rest of this face was a stark white, like porcelain. It looked very much like a goblin, and while it didn't look particularly malicious, which is to say it wasn't glaring angrily at me, I felt my alarm level skyrocket. All this happened within a second or less. I slowed down as I moved past the door, stepped back slowly, and it was gone. Feeling very cold, I quickly hurried back to my fiancé to report what I'd witnessed. Not long afterwards, I picked up a pencil and paper and sketched out what I'd seen as best as I could from my memory and showed it to him. He nodded, affirming that it looked a lot like the faint glimpses he himself had seen. I showed this picture to our new roommate as well when he finally moved in. It was the first day, and I felt urged to warn him. It's been a month or two since, and he has reported already seeing this goblinoid in his window, looking a lot like the sketch I drew. This, I'm not sure is paranoia or otherwise, since he'd already seen my attempt to sketch it. He believes in the paranormal, like my fiancé and I, though none of us in the building seem entirely terrified of these repeated sightings. There have been no scratches on the walls, no footsteps, no bumps. Just this goblin-like figure, smaller than human, that seems to enjoy hanging on the front lawn and grinning at people. The Green Imp This story takes place in 1975. At the time I was only five years old, but this event has been burned into my memory and I don't believe I shall ever forget it. My parents and I had taken a road trip to California to see my mother's aunt and uncle who live in Fresno. This trip crosses long stretches of the Nevada desert and took place sometime in the fall, so it wasn't very hot, but I do remember it being quite warm. Anyway, after our visit was over and we headed back to our home in Salt Lake City, we took a different route that my mum's uncle had said was faster that we ended up getting very lost. Wandering around Nevada's back roads, it was starting to get late. My parents had been arguing, and I can remember being very hungry. We finally came across a small town, though I'm not really sure it classified as a town. It had a motel, a gas station, a restaurant, and about half a dozen trailer homes, so we stopped for the night. First, we checked into the motel, 
which only had a basement room available with two double beds in it. We left our suitcases and wandered over to the restaurant to eat. After dinner, my father got directions back to the main highway and we went back to our room for the night. Let me paint a picture of this room. It had no carpeting on the floor, just concrete. The double beds were against one wall with a small window above them. I really can't remember the colour scheme, but I know the bathroom only had a toilet and a sink in it, though I do remember the beds were as hard as rocks and I couldn't get to sleep right away, so to get comfortable, I had a habit of letting my arm hang down the side of the bed. I slept a lot on my stomach as a kid for some reason, though this made it easier to get off to sleep, and I faded away. I was fast asleep when I felt something tug at my arm. We had a dog named Christy, an English setter, who sometimes would tug at my arm when I was sleeping to let me know that she wanted to play. But on this trip, we hadn't brought her along. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. I mumbled to her to stop and let me sleep. A little while later, I felt the tug again, a little harder this time. It was enough to wake me almost completely. I looked around and didn't see anything, and then put my head back down with my arm on the side again. Moments later, the tug pulled me all the way off of the bed. I landed hard on the floor and started screaming for my mum. My mum jumped up and saw what was happening. This greenish ball of mist, with a sickening bright green glowing centre, had pulled me off the bed and started dragging me across the floor. I can remember being held in a weird vice-like grip, but not being able to see any hands holding on to me. My mum jumped out of bed and ran behind this thing and screamed no. She then slapped it with her hand, which made contact with the thing, and you could hear a loud smacking sound. Once this thing was hit, it let go of my arm and let out a high-pitched scream the like I have never heard before. It started whirling around like a funnel, and then disappeared into the drain that was located in the centre of the floor. My dad had slept through most of this, and hadn't woken up until he heard the thing scream. I ended up sleeping between my parents for the rest of the night, with no further incidents. Not an animal. Not a person. In the spring of 2008, my family moved into a townhouse in a quiet cul-de-sac in Centralia, Washington, near Centralia High School and less than 100 yards from the banks of the Chehalis River. My daughters, aged 16 and 12 at the time, shared bunk beds in a bedroom that overlooked several neighbours' backyards, the training yard of a dog training facility, and several acres of horse pasture, with a distant view of the back end of Borst Park. My youngest daughter had taken the top bunk and was next to the window, which at the time had not been given treatments. As soon as the mornings began to get lighter, around about 5am, she complained of seeing four small dark creatures 
passing from the garage side of our house, hopping our back fence, and travelling along the neighbour's fence, before disappearing around the edge of it. She was insistent that we get window treatments right away, as she felt incapable of not looking at the creatures when she was awakened by their presence. She described them as approximately two to three feet tall, with long arms, travelling at a jog, hunched over. That they frightened her was obvious. I asked her if they physically jumped over our fence, or went through it. She said they physically jumped over the fence, sort of a vaulting motion. I was a bow hunter for a number of years, and I know how to track animals. I checked the lawn for footprints, there were none. I checked the path she described them as taking each day. It's a path that would not have been travelled by anything else, and there should have been obvious signs of passage of creatures such as she described, but there was nothing. Nothing on the fence, nothing in the grass, and the neighbours thought I was crazy for asking if they saw anything. After several more times of seeing these creatures, at the same time each morning, the last creature in line, just before disappearing around the neighbour's fence, would pause and slowly look back up and into our daughter's window, right at her. After the second time this happened, she put a large piece of poster board that had been a science project across the window until we put the blinds and curtains up. I asked why she didn't come to get us or her sister when this would happen. She claimed to be unable to move when she saw them, not scared stiff, but physically unable to move. That was the main crux of what scared her about the encounters. She was also insistent that the creatures didn't have a friendly feel to them. She described them as feeling dark. My wife and I and her sister are the only people she has ever told about these encounters. It's easy for us to believe she was telling the truth, because she has no history of crazy stories with us or her friends. Her fright and insistence on covering the windows were genuine, and she has never changed her story. While she has been happy to forget the whole experience and doesn't like to talk about it, I've been all over the web looking for any explanation of what she could have seen. I've already considered and discounted all the indigenous animals in our area, or kids, or prankster midgets, or aliens. Whatever these things are, they are too large for the closest animal they could be, raccoons. They followed the same route each time. They walked on two legs, could hurdle a three-foot fence, and became aware that they were being observed from a window twelve feet up and over sixty yards away from where they would disappear from sight. Nor do any of the alternate explanations adequately explain why my daughter would be wakened by their presence, be forced to observe them, and be unable to move or call out until they were gone from sight. If they had left signs of their passing, I could say that, however far-fetched it might sound, they must be cryptids. But since they left no signs, I am forced to conclude that they must be supernatural, despite the necessity of jumping the fence to go to the neighbour's yard. Hi guys, thanks for watching today's video. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please remember to like, share, comment and subscribe as it really helps the channel out. If you've got a paranormal experience, or even a real life one, or a creepypasta that you want to share with the channel, make sure you email it to me using the email in the description box below. 
I will be back in a couple of days with another creepy tale for you all. So until next time, sleep tight. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.